Welcome back to our listeners. You are tuning in to the Be Bold for Women Entrepreneurs show. I am your host, Lori Carice. Today, we have with us Merit Khan, keynote speaker, author, and CEO of Select Sales Development. And our topic in being bold today is four magic words that transform sales and everything else. Welcome to the show, Merit. Well, thank you, Lori. Appreciate being here. Thank you so much for being here. I love me a sales conversation. So my whole background is I'm a 14-year entrepreneur, but I've been in sales for many years prior, advertising, and it really got my juices flowing. And it wasn't until that job, which was 20 years ago, that I knew I was a sales force to be reckoned with. I was salesperson of the year, my very first year in advertising up against uh, about 32 other reps in my department. And it was very proud. I was like, wow, I'm a salesperson. I'm hitting high numbers. I'm doing well. This feels good. And then come starting your own business. And that awesomeness of being a salesperson sometimes is a little undermined by other tasks and duties of your performance of running a business. While I love being a salesperson, I have to do invoices and I have to sign contracts and I have to scout for my events, et cetera. So I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to let you take the lead and let's talk sales because it gets me going. <laughs> well, I didn't know that you and I had such a similar background, but I also got my start in advertising sales and loved it back in the day. I was a radio advertising sales rep and they called me the pit bull around the office because once I sunk my teeth into something, I pretty much did not let go until they bought, <laughs> um, which Good is not you. basically my sales strategy today, but it seemed to work for me when I was building my career and my name for myself. Um, you know, I think it, there's so much, there's, there's a lot of, uh, benefit to coming up through the ranks in a sales role when you become an entrepreneur, because you really do understand that it's not good enough to be good at what you do and have a passion for the industry or your product or service. You have to be as good or even better at the sales piece of the puzzle, because otherwise the the woman down the hall who may not be as good a practitioner of the the service that you offer may not have as good a product, but if she is better at sales than you are, she is going to get the business that you deserve. And there was nothing more frustrating than watching somebody who's got less skill and less talent get more business. And so I love working with entrepreneurs. I've had my own business since 1998. I couldn't imagine life any other way. And it's a great privilege to be able to work with entrepreneurs who really are the best at what they do. And they just need to understand how to get to be the best at the sales piece of the puzzle. And so really the first thing and what I tell people is, you know, that there are four words that can transform sales and just about everything else in your business, which is the title of my new book coming out um, in less than three weeks. So I'm very excited about that. But it's called, Are You Open To? Um, the four words that transform sales and just about everything else. And the reason that I say that is because the first step to a closed deal is always an open mind. So the question is, how do we open our own minds to new possibilities for our businesses, our lives, whatever is important to you? And how do we then open up the minds of other people so that they see the possibility of accepting our appropriate offers? 
Okay, great. So is that like the first word open? The, open? Yeah. So open is, is certainly the, the big sexy word in that sentence. Are okay. you open to the real magic is in the word you, mm-hmm. right? Are you open? to a new possibility. The the question that I ask audiences when I'm doing a, a keynote at a large conference is, have you already decided it can't get any better? Or are you open to a new possibility? And I love that question because it really makes people stop and think, right? You need that those questions that make you stop in your tracks. And in our role when we're uh, a, in a sales role with a, a new prospect or a client, it's a great question to ask them as well. Have you already decided that XYZ situation can't get any better? Or are you open to a new possibility? Because if they are stuck in this mindset that, nope, it, it is what it is. It's as good as it's going to get. You know, it's it's the marketplace, it's the economy, or whatever they've decided to blame their stuckness on. If they've decided it can't get any better, there is literally nothing you're going to be able to do to help them out of that situation. They're not ready for it. They're not open to a new conversation. They're certainly not going to be open to your solutions, your expertise, your advice, your ideas. And so that's that question is a great one to be able because most people don't want to admit that they're not open to something, right? It's very easy for me to say, you know, I'm not interested in what you have to offer, right? We do this all the time when people knock on our door or we go into a retail store and they the helpful friendly salesperson says, "Can I help you? Are you in, you know, can are you interested in this?" And it's easy for me to say, "Nope, not interested." I I can still sleep easy. I can still be a nice person. Um, I just am not interested in what you have. But it's very difficult for me to admit that I'm not open to something. And the reason for that, and there was a study done out of Pepperdine University a number of years ago, and they asked people, um, do you consider yourself to be open-minded? And pretty much everybody in the survey, about 95% said, uh, yeah, of course I'm open-minded. And then they asked people, do you consider yourself more open-minded than the average person? And still 95% of people said yes. Now, I don't know about you, Lori, but (laughs) when I learned math, (laughs) that math doesn't work. 95% of us can't be better than the average. So what that told me from a sales and leadership perspective is that we want to identify as open-minded people. So how do we use that, not just for our benefit, because that would be manipulative, but for everyone's benefit? Because first, if I can open your mind, if I can show you that, yes, you are an open-minded person, that is your identity, then you are now coming to our conversation from a totally different mindset where you really get to freely select whether or not we're a good match to work together. And that, incidentally, is why our business is called Select Sales Development. We spell it S-E-L-L-E-C-T. But generally, what we're doing, we're not a a typical sales training organization because we're not teaching you how to sell other people or uh, sell your offers. We're teaching you how to get selected by your ideal clients and prospects for the best fit business. And so when you really shift your mindset from sales is, is being pushy and aggressive to being selected, it's a whole different set of actions and behaviors that follow. 
No, so I, I like I, I write little notes as you're speaking. I'm I'm putting in quotations open because it also takes me to a personal story. I like to interject a little bit because, um, you know, you said that this is not only about transforming sales, but everything else. And about five years ago, I went on a very luxurious, wonderful wellness retreat. I was brought into it through the marketing team because I was planning my own retreats and it was my first retreat experience and it was mind, body, spirit, the whole thing, you know, a little bit of therapy, a little, a little bit of hiking and cooking and everything else. And it kind of started off in the, in a conference room with the other attendees on what, what is one word to explain of what you want to get out of this experience? My word was open. I love that. <laughs> my word was open. I said, because that means a lot of things. It means I'm opening my mind. I'm opening up myself to poss new possibilities. I'm opening up myself to change and to let things in. So open was my word of a big, and I consider that retreat a big turnaround in my life because I was approaching 50 and mm. I felt like that was a big change happening in my life. It's really what took me on a journey to consider myself as that full person again and consider what my needs are rather than always the mommy label and you know the entrepreneur label it's like wait I'm I'm me I'm a woman I have needs and I matter and that was like a big turning point for me so that does has nothing to do with sales but I wanted to elaborate on the word open on how it can cross over to so many other things and it really has yeah. done a lot for me I, I love that you shared that story. And when I was approaching 50, I also had this, uh, you know, it was a, it's a turning point. It's definitely a transition moment. Um, you know, just what's going on in a woman's life at that stage of, of the game. And so I wrote my life story as a one woman comedy show. And at first it was just going to be like, 50 minutes of stand-up comedy in the back of the bar for a few friends. And then it became an hour long one woman comedy show about my life. And I, what I did was I looked at all of my past, you know, how people say, well, you, you can't change your past. It is what it is. Well, you, you can allow your past to inform your future, but you can choose how that's going to go. So I chose to rewrite my past from the lens of a com comedy show and I basically rewrote all of those frustrating, painful, difficult moments as if it was, you know, hysterical. And then I performed that for people. And now what I'm going to be developing this year, you talked about retreats, is is taking that same model. I want I want to bring that gift to other women as well. Like I, if I can show you how I broke down my life story, how I looked at it, how I mined my life for the right stories, and then how I turned them into um, funny moments when you, you may not be able to change your past, but you can definitely impact your future when you take control of the narrative of your past. When you choose to open, be open to the fact that you might not see the, the past um, situations as the truth, you might be able to reconstruct how you relate to your past. And that absolutely opens up incredible new opportunities in the future. And I think that's, um, I've been working with uh, the woman who helped me co-write my show, amazing comedic talent, uh, Karen Ruth White, and we are coming together 
not not for my show this time, but to bring out the show in everybody else's life. And I'm super excited about it because I really do think, you know, this idea of, you know, are you open to is not just for the business world. It's to transform everything because you're open to seeing the your own life story through a new lens. And I think that just creates limitless possibilities. Absolutely. And I, and this is a nice refresher. I think I'm going to put that back up as like my, my word, um, put it on my, put it on my whiteboard here because while I said it was about five years ago, it was actually just pre pandemic. And while that feels like five years ago, it was actually (laughs) like three and a half years ago when I went on this, but, but yeah, open. I, I love that. Take us to magic word number two. Oh, well, maybe I was uh, confusing. It was, uh, are you open to are the four magic words? Oh, those are the, oh okay. As a phrase. Okay, good, good. Okay, perfect. So yeah, no, the whole title. Absolutely. I was thinking, okay, we're going to go into the specifics here. Cause I'm like, well, I've got three. Can I do three? Sure, <laughs> when it comes yours? to sales? Well, it, no, it's not as clever as yours. I mean, I just, I remember in my training with advertising, it was all, about need, desire, budget. And that, you know, open kind of follows along in that. But when you were talking about um, rather than are you interested, but are you open? I really like that. I'm like, okay, that that relates to desirability. You know, mm-hmm. do you have a desire as well? So, you know, there's always, does the customer have a need? And do they have a desire in your case being open? And do they have a budget? And again, this also translates to everything else because it's not always a a budget of financial means, but a budget of time, you know? So like when we're talking about social media, yeah, when we're talking about like social media, especially adding to your platform, you know, those are free platforms, but that's a lot of time that you consume on those platforms. So do you have the budget of time? Right. So, right. No, I love that. So those are my little three words when it comes to to uh, sales that I always kind of remember and I point out to people and I like to actually do that bullet point. But I'm definitely going to cross over instead of closing. Let me know if you you know, where is your interest level? Are you open to considering this further? Are you open to continuing this conversation? Are you open to new ideas? How yeah. dare somebody say no? I mean, they're going to be out of business, <laughs> right? If you're not open yeah. to new ideas, that's like podcasting. Are you open to starting a podcast or guesting on a podcast, learning something new and different outreach? You come from advertising, as do I. Mine was newspaper. You said yours was radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, there used to be what the big, the big four, you know? Yeah. And now yeah. it's like, you, you know, to chase media outlets is, has me spiraling, you know, instead of the big four. But um, I love it. So tell me, tell me about the book coming out. So the book is um, really all about the concept of are you open to? And I break down. Um, you know, first we talk about the the distinction between being open and interested, and and you know all the different ways that you can apply that same question and that that way of thinking. And then I break it down. It, it, it does get uh, into a sales focus. So I talk about um, mindset, which is what you think, the mechanics of selling, which is what you would say, and then um, being in motion, which is what you do. So mindset, mechanics, motion are the three uh, dis- distinct areas. And I would say that 
a focus on all three of those is going to be important for anything that you do, um, particularly in sales. We have to be skilled and mindful of all three because you can have you can be solid in the mechanics of selling. You could know, you know, need, desire, budget, and, and all the other qualifiers. You can have great questioning techniques and you you can really have a good handle on how you do a presentation and all of the setting expectations and all of the pieces of the sales process. But if your mindset is, I'm good, but I'm not that good, or, you know, $10,000 is a lot of money when what you sell is 100000 right? Like there's so many different places where we can self-sabotage. And that's why you can't just focus on the mechanics of selling. You also have to add in, well, what does it look like to be in consistent motion, doing the right things? Am, do I have systems and tools to track my actual behaviors versus just what I, you know, I feel like I was busy all day? Well, that's very different from... I made 17 phone calls. I sent 42 emails, like all the things that you actually do. So mindset, mechanics, motion to be successful, especially in sales, you want to be able to identify which are your strong suits, where are the areas where you may have some gaps, and then how do you fill those gaps? And that on that foundation of being open, you see yourself as being open to new ideas in all three of these categories and new trying new things. And that really gives you a lot of freedom. My favorite part of the book is actually the third section where I really look at the relationship between comedy and sales. And so I take the what was a passion project of mine, which was stand-up comedy, which now I have been paid, so technically I am a professional. Um, but I look at the the lessons from comedy that apply to sales and vice versa. So things like, um, you know, I, I did a comedy show in Toronto, Canada one time. This was very new in my stand-up experience. I didn't have a lot of material at that time to adjust my set for the audience. And so I just did the set that I had prepared with completely oblivious to the fact that my audience was like young 20 somethings. It was about 11 PM on a Wednesday night. And my jokes were all about my divorce and being married 17 years. It was completely unrelatable to this audience. Still, uh, still funny, but not relatable. And so you know, I left the stage that night and I thought this wasn't the performance that I wanted. Why? W you know, what was wrong? And basically, you know, know your audience is is a basic premise for for sales and comedy, right? Like know your audience. Had I had I thought a little bit who's going to be in the comedy club at 11 p.m. on a Wednesday night? Not the people running businesses, not the people who've been married for 20 years. Um you know, it just wasn't the right material for that audience. So same in sales, know your audience, make sure you are offering something that is appropriate to the solution that they need. And then, and I take you through uh, 10 different um, parallels between comedy and sales that I think is very fun for readers. And you'll hear when you hear something that you may know, you, I'm sure many of your um, listeners have have studied, they've read sales books, they've read about being an entrepreneur, they listen to your podcast regularly, they've gotten amazing insights. But when you come at it from a different angle and it's an angle of you know, something that makes you laugh and it's a little lighter, 
um, you might hear something in a new way. And so that's what I hope to do, not just with the book in that section of the book, but also through my comedy shows. Like when you're sitting in my comedy audience, I I want you to take a lesson away that you that you thought to yourself, wow, I thought I was just going to a comedy show, but I actually learned something today. And that's, you know, a fun way to to bridge those two worlds. In the spirit of being bold for women entrepreneurs, I just want to point out some key takeaways. I feel like it was about being open, uh, reading the room or knowing your audience, of course. And how about for you? What is your next bold move? My next bold move, uh, I am taking my comedy show on tour this year. So I'm super excited. I've I've performed it a few times in my you know, local area of Denver, Colorado, but um, I got great response, great feedback. And so it is going to be definitely a bold move for me to rent theaters and sell tickets and market a show in areas where I don't know a single person. And that'll be a lot of fun. And and it's going to take, take something different than what I normally bring to my life to uh, to pull that off. So we'll see what goes. <laughs> I'm open to it. You're open. There you go. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. Merit, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much. And you have been listening to the Be Bold for Women Entrepreneurs show.